Good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, where we take a few minutes, share a cup of tea together, and we're hopefully able to gain some encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. We have a special episode today as we have returning guest host, Joseph, bringing us a cup of joe with joe. Today's podcast is brought to you by Founders Blend. Founders Blend is an easy drinking coffee combining fully washed certified organic coffees sourced from South and Central America, which means each component was grown and processed under meticulous standards, ensuring an organic certified supply chain from seed to cup. As with all of Stumptown coffees, the producers who contribute to this blend devote careful attention to cultivation, picking, and processing, all of which contributes to the clean, full-bodied, chocolatey goodness you'll find in each cup. We think this coffee tastes great filled all the way to the brim. So sit back with your cup of tea, or joe, and let's relax together for a few minutes as we see where this week's podcast will take us. Good morning, and welcome to A Cup of Joe with Joe, a special episode of the Tea Time with Tommy podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Alcioni, the student pastor here at Dowry Baptist Church. As always, it is my honor and privilege to be a guest host for you guys. This morning, I'd like to be discussing a text with you that I've been um, reading with a friend of mine. We're, we're studying the book of Zechariah together, and I'd like us to focus on the first six verses this morning. As I've been studying it and doing my devotion in it, I found some really encouraging um, and also challenging words for, I think, all believers to consider from this Old Testament minor prophet book. But in order for us to understand this text, these first six verses in chapter 1, I'd love to give you some of the context behind it. Zechariah was a prophet um, during the time period when uh, the book of Ezra and Nehemiah was taking place. They are first presented, as Zechariah and Haggai, the prophets are presented in chapter 4 of Ezra. This is during the time period when Zerubbabel, um, the, the descendant of uh, David and Joshua, the, uh, one of the priests, lead a group of the exiles back to the Israel and to Jerusalem. And they are going to start rebuilding the temple. Uh, in chapter 4, though, or <clears throat> near the end of chapter 3, the people, that the, the returning exiles start to face some conflict. People are not wanting them to rebuild the temple, and so the reconstruction kind of gets halted for a couple years. And then in the beginning of chapter 4, God sends the prophet Haggai and Zechariah to challenge them to continue to rebuild this temple. And as we see in the following verses, they do. But the book of Zechariah is the book that he is preaching to them, right, during this time period, especially the first six verses. So I would like us to read that and see that these words that are supposed to be a challenge to the people during that time period is also a challenge for us in our time period with the work that God has for us to do. So let's begin in Zechariah chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Get out your Bible, get out a cup of coffee, and read along with me. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Baruchiah, son of Edo, saying, The Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore, say to them, Thus declares the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? 
But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they repented and said, As the Lord of hosts purposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so has he dealt with us. So we see here the time period, the second year of Darius, which is actually what is occurring during Ezra chapter 4. And he starts by talking to Zechariah, and he says, the Lord was very angry with your fathers, implying the people of Israel before the exile. God was angry with them because they were in rebellion against God. False worship, neglection of the poor and the needy, all the things that God had commanded in the uh, the Leviticus and Deuteronomy books that they were to uphold, they were rebelling against it. God promised in Deuteronomy that if they continued to break his covenant, that he would send them into exile, which he did. Therefore, because God was angry with them, he tells Zechariah to give a similar message to the people in Ezra chapter 4. They are now also starting to kind of be like their forefathers. They are stopping their reconstruction of the temple just because a few people come and are mean to them. Now, we don't know exactly the reasons completely for each individual in that time period of why they stopped. For some of them, it was probably fear. For some of them, it was complacency and laziness. Regardless, though, this people halted their construction of the temple, which God redeemed them and brought them back to build. So God says, return to me and I will return to you. In other words, don't be like your forefathers. Repent and come back to me and I will be with you. He says, do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets, the prophets like Isaiah, the prophets like Micah, these former prophets before the exile that they prophesied to you guys to stop, to return. Don't be like the people that didn't listen to them, right? Hear me and pay attention to me. And then he gives these two rhetorical questions, which I think are so important for us. He says, your fathers, where are they? In other words, those people in exile, where are they now? Oh, they're dead. They're not here anymore, right? And then he says, the prophets, the ones that preach to them, do they live forever? No. The prophet Isaiah, the prophet Micah, all these prophets before, they're dead by this point. But then he says something really important. He says, but my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So he's making this point clear. He's saying, yes, your fathers are gone now. And those prophets that spoke to him of old, they're gone now. But the words that I gave to them, the words that I gave to the prophet and deliverer Moses, the words that I gave to the prophets that wrote all the historical books, all these books that have these commandments that command you how to live, are they not still here? In other words, it seems like the people here in Ezra chapter 4 are waiting on some supernatural deliverance from their current need. They're looking for a spiritual natural, uh, spiritual experience to ignite in them obedience to God. And God is speaking here through Zechariah telling them, Why, you don't need another prophet. You don't need, you don't need the spiritual supernatural experience to obey me. You have my words. They transcend all time and all places. So obey now. Rebuild the temple. I have delivered you. I have already given you the schematics for the temple. I've already told you the type of worship that's supposed to be done at the temple. I've already told you the, supposed, the, the type of hearts you're supposed to have and how you're supposed to work and all these different things. I've given you these laws. I've given you these rules. Why do you need something else? Isn't this enough? Yes, God's word is enough. And they respond appropriately. It says, so they 
repented. And we see that clearly in the story of Ezra 4. They heard the word of God from Zechariah and Haggai, and they repented, and they began the reconstruction of the temple. How often are we like the people of Israel during that time period? We get into seasons of fear, seasons of complacency, laziness, in our obedience to God and the way that he would have us to live as Christians, in the spiritual disciplines, the Bible intake and prayer and worship and evangelism, in loving our neighbor as ourself, in loving our enemies and forgiving those who have wronged us. So many different things. The list is endless of the different areas that we're supposed to be acting upon that we see Christ command us in the New Testament. Even getting back to the Ten Commandments, right? Not coveting, right? But being content in Christ, right? Not murdering in our hearts with anger, but being kind towards others. Not committing adultery, but finding our contentment in the Lord, right? All these different things. Honoring our parents. So many different commands. Idolatry. And yet, we act like we need a spiritual experience to obey these commandments. We act like we need something else. What is the thing you're struggling with right now? What is the thing that right now in your life you're being complacent on, whether it be by fear or laziness, that you're saying, oh, it's okay, I don't have to obey this right now, I can do that later. Or I'll just wait till the Lord does something through his Holy Spirit and really, really convicts me of it, and then I'll obey. Or he gives me the supernatural experience, and I feel good, and then I'll obey. Guys, that's so often not how it works. Sometimes it does. But we see here that God was saying, is my word not enough? Don't, aren't my words and statutes the things that overtake your fathers, overtake all these things that transcend time? Yes. God has given us everything we need to live for him. God has given us everything we need to ignite our passions to ignite our desires of obedience. It's called the Word of God. It's called the Word of God, the Bible. In God's Word, He has rules, but He also has the Gospel, this this beautiful message that transforms us and awakens in us a passion for the Lord so that we will obey Him. We don't need anything more than the Gospel and the law that's presented in the Scriptures. Why are we looking to other things? I know for me personally, I've become complacent over the last few months in a lot of the spiritual disciplines, and I've been needing to work on those. And recently I've been convicted because I have said the very same thing that almost these couple of people are saying. Oh, I'll just wait till I have a spiritual awakening or a spiritual experience or till I get to the lowest point and then I'll start to obey and read the Bible more in, in my own personal devotions or whatever it might look like. And it hit me, no. I need the, the days are evil. It says that in scripture in the sense of we don't have a lot of time here. All of us, our time is limited, and if God has given us our time as a gift, are we not going to redeem the time that we've been given? Are we not going to use the time for the glory of the Lord? And so I've been convicted that the commands are already there in scripture to meditate on the word of God, to pray, to worship, to do all the things that he's commanded me. I don't need a religious experience. I don't need a spiritual experience. I just need God's word. So my challenge to you, complacent one, fearful one, lazy one, like me, learn from God's word. Hear from the prophet Zechariah. The word of God transcends time. It transcends your experiences. You don't need those other experiences to obey God to do what God has called you to do in your personal life right now. He's given all of us a work to do. The word of God is sufficient for your life and for your experiences and for what you're going through right now. 
to obey and to live for him for his glory. So my challenge to you is stop looking for excuses. Look to the word of God as the sufficient word of truth that is able to equip you for everything that you need to do in Christ. Look to that word and respond accordingly as these people do, as they did, repent. Turn back to the loving God who is excited for you to repent and is, is longing for you to continue living for him and, and to obey him so that y'all's fellowship will be closer and closer every day. And so this is my challenge to you and is my encouragement to you. In the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have everything you need, all the power, all the transformation you need to obey, not out of a sense of obligation and duty, but out of a sense of delight and desire. And so that's my challenge to you. Remind yourselves of the gospel and hear God's rules for you and act accordingly. Don't look to other things. You don't need spiritual experiences. You only need God's word. So that's my challenge to you today. And I want to leave you with that. Have a good one. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. What a great challenge Brother Joseph has given each of us today. Stop looking for excuses and start looking to God. Don't sit back waiting for a supernatural spiritual experience to obey. God's word has already called you to obedience and told you how to obey. The question is, where are you looking to find ignition to action and obedience? Is it an emotional experience, a rare experience, just any experience in general? God calls us to a life of obedience in the everyday things, not just in what we qualify as experiences. Stop making excuses, especially excuses that sound spiritual, and start getting into God's word. Have you ever considered that the experience you're looking for is found in the small, everyday obedience of connecting with God through His Word? We look forward to spending time with you next week, but until then, may your cup overflow with His blessings.